Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Now, this week, we're brought to you by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Melanie Diane Howe, owner of Addison Avenue Marketing. This week, we're brought to you by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Recently, you did the annual report, right? I did. Yes, we did the um, design portion of the annual report. Um, Interesting, Schaefer Leadership um, has, they've done a a survey of their membership. You know, how important is an annual report to you? Do you hang on to it? Do you want a printed copy? Uh, Because they really want to be eco-friendly and conscious, uh, cost conscious and budget conscious, all that kind of stuff. So they did a a survey of their users and they were like, you know what? We, We like to see the numbers, but we don't necessarily need a hard copy of this to keep forever and ever and ever. So we do the uh, graphic design on a, an electronic annual report um, that they can use at their annual meeting and send out to their stakeholders and things like that, reporting their numbers and everything, but also being cost conscious with not having an eco-friendly, not having to print an actual hard copy, which for a print geek like me makes me a little bit sad, but is understandable and is a good a good compromise in the changing way that we are doing business and and things like that. Now, what are some of the stats uh, in the annual report that are worth mentioning? This year, in 2018 alone, they were at 3,895 participants. Wow. So almost 4,000 participants um, in 2018. That's up from right around 1,000 in 2013. So in those five years, they've increased, I mean, quite a bit, like three times, four times almost. So more programs, more opportunities to engage with the community. They've gone from 29 programs in 2015 to 118 programs in 2018. So yeah, they've done some really good work and are offering some great opportunities uh, for the community and and leaders and to, to learn and grow and expand their opportunities. And that growth has been with really two people, the executive director, uh-huh. Mitch, Tisha. Their program director. Their yep. program director. And uh, they have a great board of They've directors, got excellent I'm sure. board of directors and uh, volunteers who work with them and everything, I'm sure, as well. But they've made some great strides and continue to do that. And for that, we thank them for their service to the community and also for helping us here at Gone Boss. Yes, and you can find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Now, you haven't always been a boss, have you? No, I have not. In <laughs> fact, when I was a kid, you told me I would be a boss. I'd be like, you are out of your mind. That's that's not going to happen. What are some of the jobs you've had uh, to get you here? Well, um, my one of my first jobs that I got paid for um, was my mom worked at our school as kind of the janitorial and cleaning crew and things like that. Um, and during the summer... Um, they had to strip and wax, re-wax the floors of our school. So all the classrooms, all the hallways, all of everything. She did that. And she did that for several years. And then when I got... You helped her, right? Yeah. When I got old enough, she was like, hey, you're going to work. It was like two weeks during the summer. So it's not like all day, every day. But for two weeks during the summer, we are going to wax these floors of the school. Um, And I was like, 
100 pounds soaking wet when I was, uh, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe now, but back when I was, you know, I think I was 15 probably when I, 14, 15 when I started. Um, so I was a tiny little stick person, Angie, but we would move all of the, all of the desks, all of the bookcases, all of the, everything out of the Classroom. classrooms into the hallway. We would strip the wax off of the, the old wax off of the floors with a cleaning solution, with a big, big old machine and all of that. Then we'd mop it come back the next day and then we would wax the floors with like seven layers of wax and then take a buffer and buff it all so it shines and then you have to move all of that back in but you can't just like scoot it in like we scooted it out because you got this pretty nice floor so like pick up all of the bookcases and all of the desks and move them back and put them back the way the teacher had them um and this was before we all had phones so we like tried to like draw on the chalkboards like okay eight desks in a row and six rows in a, in a line or whatever and that kind of thing i did that for two or three summers i remember you telling me the story and there was a uh, a moment where you were a little upset were you not I was. Um, I mean, the work was hard, but it it paid okay, and it was a summer job, so and it was with my mom, and it was fine. Um, but one year, they brought in some of my friends, some dude friends of mine, who I went, we all went. My school had like twelve people in it, so mm-hmm. like we all went to school together. We all knew each other, and they brought these guys in, and I found out that they were making more money than me. And I don't know how I even found out that I don't remember, but they were making a good dollar or two an hour more than me. And where, you had done it before. And I had done it before. You had done I it. was telling them what to do, how to do <laughs> things. And they were making more money than me. And I remember talking to my mom. I was like, mom, this is not fair. Like, they are getting paid more than me. And she's like, Angie, obviously life's not fair. Sometimes girls don't make as much money as guys. And that just means you have to work twice as hard as them to show everybody else that you are more capable doing the same work. And even though you're not getting paid the same amount, um, which was a crappy lesson to learn when you're like 15 or 16. But I've taken that with me all the time. She was like, you know, those guys, they're goofing around. They're making jokes or whatever. You can't do that. You've got to work twice as hard. You've got to make sure that, you know, while everybody else is giving 100%, you've got to give 110 or whatever. So it's carried on through the rest of my life. Like, yeah, you got to work extra hard. In the studio with us today, we have Melanie Diane Howell with no L's. Yeah, not related. I always say H-O-W-E, unlike Matt and Angie, H-O-W-E-L-L. We get that question a lot, like, are you guys related? Uh, no, we I, I don't pronounce it that way. It's Matt Howell, which well, you don't hear the L's in. Really? See, yeah. I think when I say it, I, I must say it with like a little bit of an L because everybody misspells it. So now I just, oh. I'm in the habit of, I say H-O-W-E. But that's a big change, though, using Melanie Diane. It is. Yeah, it's a kind of a new, it's, I somewhat rebranded. I didn't necessarily rebrand myself, like, as myself, but I recently launched uh, a new personal brand. So it's not like a brandy brand. Like, you guys have Farmhouse Creative, mm-hmm. right? And then I have, of course, Addison Avenue Marketing. But I needed to launch a personal brand because of just some new initiatives and some new direction that I'm taking professionally. It made a lot more sense for it to be me, the person, because people are going to be investing in me, my mm-hmm. coaching, my consulting, my teaching. So I rebranded it and didn't MelanieHowell.com was yeah. totally taken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of the influence there. But also, you know, how is my married name? And I just kind of felt like it needed to be a little bit more 
personal Mm -hmm. Melanie Diane by itself. So it's MelanieDiane.com. And I thought, well, that's fine. I've always loved my middle name and I'll just start using it. Now, how do you spell that, though? So it's spelled uniquely. D-Y-A-N-N. So, yeah, that is definitely throws people for a little bit of a loop. But it makes it fun. That's kind of one of the things. I always liked it. I just, I've never, you don't really use your middle name. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of liked this as a great excuse to start using my middle name more. I like it. The only time anybody uses my middle name when I'm in trouble. Yeah, Yeah. same. (laughs) That was the case for me as well. Definitely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. Where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I, I actually uh, grew up in Muncie, born and raised okay. here, loved Muncie. Um, always, uh, never, I never really had a problem with my hometown. You know, growing up here, people tend to kind of like to kind of give it, I don't know, they like to complain, mm-hmm. if you will. Like, oh, Muncie this, Muncie that. And I think I love a good underdog story. I also am competitive and I have pride issues. And so whenever anyone was kind of dogging Muncie, I was like protective. Mm-hmm. And also just, again, I, I wanted like people to be proud of, I wanted it to be cool where I was oh, from. Yeah, right. So I always took offense to it. Um, but anyway, so I always loved Muncie growing up and I always would tell people it's a great place to grow up, great place to raise a family, even though I was like 12. Right. Um, <laughs> but I actually went to uh, Muncie Central. I yes. was okay. totally the bear cat, like the bear cat. I was the mascot. You, you were, were the mascot. mascot. My favorite yeah. story to tell. Yeah. Yes. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and I went to Ball State, uh, graduated in 2004. Okay. And I actually worked for, I started immediately working in the field that I was um, majoring in, which was graphic arts uh, management. And I started working for a printing company and they were headquartered in Indianapolis. So naturally I moved to Indianapolis. They had an office in uh, Chicago. So I actually had an opportunity to work up there for a couple of years and live there. Absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, they had an office in the Charlotte area. So I actually also spent about two or three years in uh, Charlotte. Okay. And then I came back. So they, they were like, we want you back in Indy. And so I was like, okay. And I loved all these places that I was able to live. And I really didn't want to leave them it, it, when each you know opportunity came. But you follow opportunity. Yeah. And so when they said, we want you back in Indy, it was a little bit of a harder decision because I had just had my daughter. We mm. had just bought a house. We were getting married. And it was like, this decision wasn't, wasn't just mine. Mm-hmm. But um, my daughter's dad, my ex-husband, he was from Muncie as well. And so it kind of made sense to kind of come back to Indiana. We had just had Addison, our daughter. And so we were like, okay, let's do it. So we weren't sure if we were going to live in Muncie or Indy. So we temporarily you know shacked up in Muncie mm-hmm. I just ended up I was like I love this community so we ended up staying we bought a house and of course that marriage didn't work out which is totally fine uh, we have a great relationship but when we got divorced I was like well I guess I'm here to stay for a while because I don't really want to be a single parent in yeah. a whole nother community when my daughter's both sets of grandparents live here it just mm-hmm. it made yeah, a lot of sense, sense to stay yeah. so at that point I became very committed to the community and just kind of was like hey back to my competitive roots here let's make Muncie great together so yeah that's how I'm here you made it to Ontario Systems right you worked I did, there for a yeah so I, I the company I worked for the printing company it's a large format printing mm-hmm. company in Indy I worked there for nine years and I really loved my job I got to do some really really cool things worked on some huge accounts um, and I loved it, but when I uh, became a single parent, commuting to Indy every day was just going to become very challenging. It already mm-hmm. was challenging, and so I started looking for other opportunities. And um, I was uh, really uh, good friends with Michael Wolf, 
uh, because I had worked with him when back in the CS Kern days, I was an intern there and he worked there at the time. And so we had just always stayed connected and he was, he knew I was kind of looking for opportunities and, and he had a very unique one for me. And when I say unique, meaning unique for me. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're a software company mm-hmm. and I knew nothing about software development. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he sends me this job description and I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like this, I, do, I don't even, I don't even know what half of this even means. And he's like, that's fine. It's a very technical team. And they need a leader that's non-technical. They don't need someone to tell them how to do their job. They're all like the smartest people right. in our entire company. They just need someone to advocate for them, lead for them, and project manage for them. And you're like, like oh, oh, I can do that. Yeah, I yeah. was like, only if you, oh, I promise it better be that. It better not be like something crazy. I was terrified. <laughs> so I made a huge shift. I mean, I yeah. made a, uh-huh. I stepped into a role that I was very unfamiliar with. I felt uncomfortable and I changed com- like industries completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of the best things I could do. Ontario Systems is a, an amazing company to work for. Uh, I learned so much about leadership, but also different methods of project management. I was a, a project manager at heart already. And it actually is what helped me uh, learn more about marketing, mm-hmm. which I never saw myself as a marketer. But I like as I started moving into the marketing department at Ontario Systems, I started learning more about, you know, inbound marketing and being mm-hmm. creating valuable content versus just selling to people all the time. And we were really trying to embrace social media. We were starting to embrace video and all these different methods. And I was I was kind of learning about all this stuff and studying it constantly. And as I was doing it, I was I loved it. Like I was like, this stuff is so cool. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. All of my past clients and contacts were in the marketing departments at the companies mm-hmm. that I worked like worked with my clients. And I was like, I'm a marketer. Like I've been helping marketers all this time. <laughs> I just did. I just know was it. helping project manage the signage programs, you know, but it just I really like discovered my passion for marketing and I I saw myself as a marketer at that point. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, that's I that's how I ended up in Ontario Systems and I, I worked there for a couple of years and I was also, I think when you go through all these life changes and you go through career changes, mm-hmm. you almost, I mean, you automatically start to reflect and you start to really think about, okay, is this really what I want to do? Is this the right move? Is this where I want to be? What do I want to be when I grow right. up? And you start asking yourself these questions. And so you, I really started during that time just thinking about like, okay, what if I did go maybe start my own company what would it be and I don't even really know why that happened or why I started thinking about it because I got asked all the time growing up don't you think you'll you know I was so bossy I guess growing up that um my first grade leadership skills yeah I guess so I I mean yeah quit being so bossy I'm a good leader you know um my my first grade teacher told my mom in a parent teacher conference she's gonna own her own business one day and I remember being so offended by that (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I, I think it was that whole bossy thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I know you and I have, Angie, have talked about that before, like being told we were when we were growing up we were bossy or whatever. And we're like, no, we just knew what we wanted, and we knew that other people should be yeah, too. My way is the right way, so just do it that way. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, I fast forward and. I really started to explore it. So I started researching um, businesses, but I was kind of like, what would I do? And I really was so passionate about marketing, but I remember sitting down and asking myself, what is it you would do if you like, what would you love to make a business of that you do right now that you love doing that you don't get paid to do? Mm -hmm. And it was always, I love talking about business. I love talking about project management or like improving customer service or marketing what you should be doing to market your business especially my friends that own small businesses Mm -hmm. in our community because 
what I wanted was to have Muncie be great. And I wanted these great businesses, these restaurants to be amazing so that people would would be appreciative of our community and want to be here. Right. And I just was constantly like thinking about it. And I was like, well, maybe I can create a business that I would help small businesses. And social media was fairly new and up and coming mm-hmm. at the time. And no one really knew what the heck they were doing with right. it. They didn't. Ha- they didn't know where to even start. Many small businesses still didn't didn't even have Facebook pages yet. And so I decided to start asking around. You know, hey, what if you could hire somebody to do your marketing, but only like part time? Because none of these small businesses right. needed someone full time, and they couldn't afford someone full time. But I was like, if I could get like you know ten of them, and they could share me, I could be like their outsourced marketing mm-hmm. person. And so I started validating the idea and I got enough, um, you know, people that said, yes, I would love to do that. And I had a dear friend who had a business and she called me up and was like, okay, I'm ready to hire you. Go quit your job and start your business. <laughs> and it was, she was going to be my main account. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she, you guys have helped us also over there at CoverTech. And, yeah. um, you know, she was like, do it, let's do it. And so I was like, okay, I think it's just enough. And I have a couple other people that are ready to go too. And so I just took a huge leap of faith, yeah. left an amazing job with amazing benefits, working with amazing people. <laughs> and I went and did this whole like entrepreneur thing Yeah, about, I don't know, five and a half years ago. Yeah. And every day I wake up and I'm like, did you make the right decision? <laughs> <laughs> Some days it's like, maybe I didn't. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. But other days are great. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think a big part of it was I wanted independence. I, I wanted to be able to... I felt like I had a lot of creative ideas and I felt like I had innovative ideas and I wanted to be able to have an idea and explore it and make a decision and go for it. That sounds really simple when I say it that way. That is not something I'm amazing at because we (laughs) sometimes we get in our own heads, but I really wanted to have that freedom. And so by owning my own business, I've been able to have the freedom. And that's definitely been the the best part, but it's also one of the most challenging parts is that you don't have structure. You have to constantly be thinking about what should I be doing next and what should we be doing and all those things. And you have to give yourself the structure. Like, oh, yes. Especially when I used to work at home, I'd be like, hmm, that laundry really needs Mm -hmm. to get done. Or Mm -hmm. that's the downfall that people don't notice uh, or think about necessarily the first time when they're like, oh, we're going to start our own business. Yeah. My favorite, (laughs) you probably get this too my favorite is two things people think that because we're self-employed we we can do whatever we want during the day oh, like yeah. Yeah. well yeah. you're 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 self-employed why can't you just do that well I still have to work right like, yeah like, if I don't work I don't like put food on the table and, and I'm a single mom I think like, it's important and then the other one is when <laughs> I get this one a lot I'll go places and they'll be like you should buy our drinks or you should buy lunch it's tax deductible and I'm like it's still cash out of my bank yeah, account I still have to pay like it still yeah. it still costs money to pay for your lunch it's not like it's free <laughs> the government does not give you money to yeah. take you to lunch that one cracks me up yeah, yeah. we could yeah. do a whole episode on an entrepreneur myth busting so tell me about last summer like when everything changed and it went from as an avenue being the focus to Melanie Diane, Diane. Yeah, so I have been, um, about three and a half years ago, one of the challenges I really came to head with with my clients were was that, one, they're small businesses. They don't have budgets. They mm-hmm. especially don't have budgets to spend on marketing. And I really wanted to be able to still help them. And I found myself that a lot of people really needed to be doing it themselves. And so I started doing workshops instead of take like I was, I have one-on-one clients, but then there were people that it made more sense for them to go learn how to do it themselves. And so I started teaching workshops here locally 
And at the time I was um, really discovering, I was trying to discover like, how can I make this a more sustainable business? And so I discovered the opportunity or the idea of online courses. Mm -hmm. And so I started, um, you know, studying, there's a woman named Amy Porterfield and she's like the online course teacher out there. And I started listening to her podcast and learning all kinds of stuff from her. I was like, I could do this. And so last year, I kind of got to a point, because I've been talking about doing this for three years, Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was like, this is the year. Like, this needs to happen. And so I invested in an online course called B-School with Marie Forleo, and I did it through Amy Porterfield, which gets you all these additional bonuses and access to her and stuff. And I started, I was around all these other course creators, and I started really trying to conceptualize the transition from... You know, taking on clients, still taking on clients, still, you know, having, you know, a book of business that is me helping people with strategies and and things like that. But then also adding these online courses, but even also maybe some public speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to kind of visualize all this under like the Addison Avenue marketing brand. And I was like, I, I, deep down, I felt like it just didn't align. Right. And so I was like, okay, can the courses be a product of Addison Avenue? And I started thinking about my actual marketing. Like, what would I be putting out there? How mm-hmm. would I? And so it just, it made, long story short, it made sense. And I started asking some of the peers that I met in this area. And a lot of them operate under personal brands. And it just made sense. I decided to go ahead and say the agency side of what I do is Addison Avenue mm-hmm. Marketing. And that's kind of consulting and helping with strategies and, and things like that. And then the course side or the teacher side mm-hmm. is Melanie Diane. And so um, I launched, I decided last year I was going to do all this and launch these, get these courses created. And I was actually planning to have the course done by the end of the year, my first course. Mm-hmm. And it was all based on the old workshops I had done. It was kind of the same curriculum. And I had a little bit of a health issue. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I'm sure kind we'll talk about. things on the back yeah. burner a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I kind of had to hit the brakes on the, on the project. And the interesting thing is at that time, I actually wasn't 100% certain I was going to rebrand. And so by having this health issue happen, and I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I know it sounds corny, but it gave me time to pause, slow down a little bit, reflect on some things, really kind of make sure some things were in the right direction. And it, and I got out, I got to a point where I was like, it makes no sense to launch this new business under Addison Avenue Marketing. Mm-hmm. And Addison is my daughter's name. So I'm mm-hmm. a little bit like passionate and married to that brand, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a little bit difficult for me to kind of go ahead and say, hey, eventually in the course of five or 10 years, that brand may not even exist. Right. You know? And so obviously because it's attached to Addie's name, it's sort of, you have a little bit of a, a, a tug yeah, there. It's like your baby in, uh-huh. in more ways than one. Well, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I kind of came out of this um, whole breast cancer thing with just like, hey, go big or go home, mm-hmm. figure it out, don't be afraid. Because the other thing I was like, well, it was like, who am I to be MelanieDiane.com or whatever, you know? And I just got to a point where I was like, forget it. You know, I've been told my whole life that, you know, I have a kind of a charisma about me and I was like, I can do this. I can pull this off. And the minute I made the decision and I like started going in that direction, it was like freedom. Mm -hmm. It was really difficult. Like it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to describe, but it was just like freedom. Like, okay. And I started visualizing the content, the types of things I'd be doing. And it made so much sense. It just made more sense. And so I made that decision and I um, kind of launched a new website. It's super little and it's simple, but I'm also trying to embrace B minus work, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the whole, I'm a perfectionist. I need things to be amazing. And I just, you know, sometimes you just got to go. And I think that yeah. we all hear stories about successful entrepreneurs. The ones that are really successful are the ones that take action. Right. Matt, you're really good at that. 
You are. You. I've always <laughs> he is good at that. I have yeah. always admired that about Matt. It's like he like just he goes for it. And then you're like it's like, hey, we're gonna launch a podcast. Boom, you guys have a podcast. Like <laughs> That's true. He just well, figures it out or does that, it. But, I'm yeah. sure I know. Yeah. But Matt he, and I both we think about it for a while, mm-hmm. we strategize and then we're like, All right, we're gonna do it. I mean, and you guys <laughs> take action. It's true. You yeah. just take action. Right. And I and that's like I think what differentiates you from a lot of others too is that you just go for it. You don't try to Make it perfect. Well, you just and make I like it happen. I like to say done is better than perfect. Totally. So you know mm-hmm. what? It's done. It's not perfect. And we can work out the bugs and iron it out as we go. I, I love that phrase as well. I used to say it all the time. And it was it was Kristen Bitsa guy mm-hmm. who said to me one time, we were talking, I don't remember what we were talking about. And she said, also though, she's like, you need to have, you know, like you need to give yourself some grace and understand that your version of done is somebody else's version of perfect. And mm-hmm. I was like, boom yeah like, it was yeah. like I'm, i was like wow I was just at an event a couple months ago where she was like your 80 percent is better than other people's 100 percent." yeah so even if you feel like you're not giving it your 100 percent, if you're giving it your 80 percent, it's still gonna be better than and what 80 percent is a b minus you guys so yeah totally yeah. trying to embrace b minus work <laughs> and just take action and make things happen so excited to say that uh, here in about a month i'll have a podcast Awesome. I'm nice. going to have to talk to you probably and get a couple <laughs> tips. I have like episodes recorded and like ready, but I like the whole like getting all the tech stuff figured out. Oh. I'll just call you, Matt. You have you to call, call Matt out. about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you kind of mentioned it, but the DIY group. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that because yeah. that's something I'm a part of and, and so is like hundreds of other people. Yeah, yeah. So about uh, that time that I started deciding that I wanted to really embrace this whole helping people be what I like to call DIY marketers, like they're doing it themselves. I launched a private Facebook group and it's a free group and it's just, it's a community where it's other people trying to learn and figure out the world of digital marketing or Mm -hmm. marketing their small business. We have people in there that work for large companies, you know, big companies. I've got other online entrepreneurs in there. I've got direct marketers in there. I've got marketers in there. We've got Derek McLean, who's Mm -hmm. like the most famous group (laughs) person in any group ever. That's true. And all groups. Um, So yeah, it's really just a really great place where you know if I see something or I want to I pop in you know maybe once or twice a month and kind of do like a teaching or like a Q&A just to give people an opportunity to kind of learn from me and whatnot but really I just like to think of myself as a facilitator and facilitating conversation so giving people a place where you know they can pop in and ask a question like hey is your Facebook live being wonky today or hey how do you guys handle this or Mm -hmm. hey Uh, I need to tell you about this situation and, you know, how would you guys handle it? And then, of course, you know, periodically on Fridays, we celebrate our wins Mm -hmm. because I think as entrepreneurs and in small business, it can be very lonely. Right. And it, it, and I really found this last year when I found my online course community, uh, my peers, if you will, we created these relationships and you, you can go and you can just to know you have a place where you can go and somebody else is kind of facing the same challenges or trying to do the same things. They have Mm -hmm. similar goals. It just feels great. It feels really good. And if you utilize it and you actually participate, you get a lot out of it and you can help too. And so I love it when I see, you know, people like yesterday we had somebody post about the notebook. Like they're like, I need a new notebook. My notebook is dead. And I, what kind of notebooks do you guys use? And all these mm-hmm. people are talking about their favorite notebooks. And like, I mean, <laughs> we, I love it. Yeah. Like we would just talk about all these things. Cause and when you're self-employed, you don't have an office mate to turn around to and be like, what kind of notebook do you like? You yeah. turn around and there's a wall or there's the laundry <laughs> machine, you know, yeah, like whatever. Yeah. So it's just a community. It's um, called DIY marketing with Melanie. And it's really simple. Like people can just search for that and it's free for anyone to join there's a couple questions in there that i asked just to make sure you're not a troll Mm -hmm. um or some random weirdo it just you know we just let you in and get in the conversation and dig in well and we like the diy group because you know we also deal with a lot of small businesses who don't have budgets they don't know Mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing clients are in there too yeah Yeah. a lot of Mm -hmm. our clients are in there so it helps us to be able to like 
go to this DIY group or talk to Melanie or go to one of her workshops, her online courses, those kinds of things. Learn the basics of like where your business is going, what you want it to do, what goals you want to achieve. And then you can come back to us and we can be like, all right, now we can put together a brochure for you or mm -hmm. yes. update your website or whatever. Like get get your business and your stuff in order and then you can come to us. Yeah, we always <laughs> talk about that. How it was, sometimes, you know, we our businesses have overlapped in the past, but really... I think it's fun how we we really have figured out like our sweet spots. And mm -hmm. I always yeah. say, hey, I will help you get organized and I will help you figure out what you need. And then when we know what you need, then I'm going to like hand you off and scooch you along. You're going to do some things yourself, but the things that you need help with, just scooch you along over there to farmhouse and they're going to take care of you and help you guys out. And it's just kind of like different businesses do different things. And it's like, I don't do websites. Like I'm like, if you want a website, you got to go over here. If you <laughs> yeah. want the, some, these things designed and printed, you got to go over there. And I think that where I fit in is when people have like literally pretty much zero budget, you know, mm -hmm. like, and they need a super, super DIY style thing. Um, but when people need, you know, a little bit more, they're ready for that sophistication or they have their ducks in a row, then it's like, now you're ready to go work with Angie and Matt and Amy and all those people right. and, and actually make everything look amazing because right. that's what you guys do. So I love it. I love being able to have that resource to push people over. I always love that we have a company like yours in our community that's very committed to the community. I love that. Like, it's kind of like this is our backyard and you guys are taking care of right. it. And well, it's great. Like, there's plenty of room in the sandbox for all of us. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. 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 I love it. So one thing you did that impressed me was you were on Facebook live for 30 days. Every Except day for the March. day that Facebook shut down. And they were over. Oh what? yeah. That was mm -hmm. <laughs> the month of Facebook. Shutdown. And that was over what? 10 to 15 minutes a piece. Right. Some of them were longer than that. Uh, no. They they were anywhere. From, there was a couple that were really like fairly short, like eight nine minutes. Okay. Um, and then the, most of them were around twenty minutes. Uh, there were a couple that were even longer than that. If I had to take a deep dive on something, I did a couple interviews. Those were longer. But honestly, you know where this came from is I wanted to push myself. And I wanted to just get content out about the under this new brand. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just create a Facebook page, create a website, and then it just be let people discover it slowly and, and, and whatnot. But I also didn't want to spend money on ads. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to do a little experiment. And I wanted to see how Facebook Live could really help. And I ne I've never had the, op the opportunity to right. sit there and go from zero to something. And mm -hmm. so I uh, essentially what I did was I launched that new brand by saying – in March, I'm going to go live every single day and talk about marketing stuff, and I'm going to and, and and mindset things and tips and tricks and and I made this announcement and I was done posting it and I was like, okay, what the heck am I going to do? And <laughs> I knew I had time. I had like about. a week to figure it out, but I just I just I don't know. I just I came up with the idea and I again in the spirit of just taking action, you, don't you think about it. it, just go for it. Mm -hmm. That's You'll awesome. figure it out. <laughs> and I did. And I sat down and I wrote down. I just wrote down as many ideas as I could come up with. And it was awesome. Like, it was really great. And I have to say, after about the fifth or sixth time, and I'm not really uh, afraid to go live. It's never been a, a major issue for me. I used to go live all the time, and then I sort of got out of the habit. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of also wanted to get back into right. the habit of it. I started going live, uh, and I was about the fifth or sixth one. I was like, I got this. I got my wings again. Like, <laughs> all right. It we was easy. It. Yeah, it just became yeah. easy. It yeah. really became a lot easier. And it was fun. And it was really, really cool. And it it worked really well. Cool. It, like skyrocketed the 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 page got you know quite a bit of, uh, of an initial likes out mm -hmm. there and then I just was able to give people a, a really good preview of the type of stuff they could expect from me um, and so over 30 days the only I'd say the biggest downside was that and I always tell people you'll never run out of ideas but like by like the last week I was like 
okay, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> I can and see her be like, I am sick of hearing 15 myself 15 minutes, what am I going to talk about? Like there were a couple of lives that literally I was like, I've got 15 minutes. What am I going to talk about? But so I, I call it content fatigue. Mm-hmm. And more of that is small businesses do this too. They feel like they're talking about the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. But as you guys know, you know, not everybody's listening to every single episode or not everybody's watching every episode. And people also need to hear some things more than once. And so there were a couple of times that I you know, would talk about similar things, but it was really, it was a great thing. And then now I, I go live every week and it's my kind of weekly content right now. And mm-hmm. all businesses should be posting something uh, weekly to be consistent. And um, that's kind of what I do right now is I do a Facebook live every week. It's oh, usually cool. on a Thursday or a Friday. What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Ooh. Yes. So I, <laughs> last year, really got into fishing. Yes. Like, I've, I've seen Oh, my goodness. About fishing. I love to fish. I, I, I have some moments in my life where I'm like, I should become a professional YouTube fishing person. That's what I should do. My dad was a hu- into fishing, like, majorly when I was a kid. And it drove me crazy. Like, he I always would watch it. these fishing videos. And I'm like, these are so silly and boring. And why are you watching this? Now, I literally lay in bed and I watch YouTube videos on, like, how to bait hooks and how <laughs> to use lures and I watch so many fishing videos and so does Addie she loves to watch them with me but I don't know last year I went out and I just started I just decided like I always enjoyed it as a kid but I never really went mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I just started going and I caught this huge bass like probably the fifth time I went out I mean like a five pound bass which wow. is humongous and I was hooked for life <laughs> I love it it's I really have a hard time if you can imagine slowing down well, I, I can't say, meditate like fishing like, you have to yeah. be quiet it's, it's my slowdown time because you're quiet but I'm active like I'm not just sitting there or I'm not just relaxing right. you're or, doing something. I'm doing something and that's why I like bass fishing because you're kind of always moving instead of just I like to throw I see I do it this way I throw a bobber out with a worm mm-hmm. and I act I do my bass fishing and I watch the bobber because I mean <laughs> I know. This is, I don't even know what it's, these words it's are. It's multitasking. <laughs> so I do both kinds because I cannot just go out and bobber fish. You no. just let it. You let it go out and it just sits out there. Yeah. yeah now yeah. bass fishing, you throw it out and then you reel it you in. Gotta move. Reel There's it. techniques. I mean, yeah, there. Okay. Uh, who knew? Right. I grew up thinking you just threw a spinnerbait out and you reel it in real fast every time. No, 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 no. There's like plastics and there's there's plastic worms and there's spinnerbaits and there's topwater and there's. There's chatterbaits. There's tons. It's amazing. You wow. could literally never become an expert because there's so much to learn. Wow. And that's one thing I think I like about it too is I'm always, there's always room for improvement, but I just love to go. It's pretty out. It's outside. And so I love to fish. I love to golf for fun, okay. for sure. For kind yeah. of a similar reason. You get out, you're out in nature. I typically will put my phone away and I just, you know, I drink some beers and I play golf and I unplug and, but I'm still doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love both of those things. And of course, just spending time with Addison doing whatever we can do together and a lot of times it includes golfing and fishing and you know she likes to play with slime right now Ugh. she's into the slime I thing I hate slime uh. yeah. <laughs> so gross <laughs> she always wants to make slime so now we have a rule I told her just yesterday you have to get rid of half your slime before you make any more slime so she's trying to decide which slimes she's going to get rid of. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's but I did make it with her one time. It was pretty fun. I I've made it with Zeus before. It was pretty fun. It's fun. And then I was really ready for it to be cleaned up. I'm kind of a clean freak, so. Yeah, I don't like no. Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. I don't want slime. I don't like my Play-Doh. I'd like, rather play with colors. slime than Barbies any day. So. I'd rather, yeah, yeah, I agree. I can't make up worlds for Barbies and, like, talk for them and stuff. I was like, ugh, I hate that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. It was my pleasure. I really, really loved this. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse.
So back in the day, they used to have the show on TV. It was like... Uh, Kids Say the Darndest Thing. Yeah, by... And who, who was the host? Art Linkletter. That's pretty amazing. You remember that. I don't know. So <laughs> weird pieces of trivia stick with me. Our daughter is five years old, and she has uh, here recently had... Some of the darndest things. She says come the out of darndest things all the time, and we've talked about them in the past. But she keeps coming up with new ones. So what? What's one reason? Well, she goes to uh, a preschool, a Christian-based preschool here in town, Angels on High. At least until she starts kindergarten in the fall. Um, but they tell Bible stories and all of that. And then she's also really recently gotten into the idea that she's going to go camping. I don't know where mm. she cuts this from because we don't like to camp, but she thinks she's going camping. So me and Holden, our 15-year-old, we're like, oh, yeah, how do you, do you know how to camp? And she's like, yeah, I know how to camp. And we're like, okay, do you know how to build a fire? Because you're going to need to learn that for camp. She's like, I know how to build a fire. And we're like, okay, fine. How do you build a fire? So she tells us this story that she must have gotten conflated from from the (laughs) Bible story she's been getting at school, which is fine. But she's like, okay, so you build an altar. We're like, okay. Where's this going? And then you put sticks on it and you make a teepee and you make like a, you know, a triangle. And then you put kindling and wood and stuff in it. And we're like, all right, so far so good. Then you dig, dig a hole around it. And we're like, like a moat, like a trench. She's like, yeah, like a hole all around it. You dig a big hole. Like, all right. Okay, cool. And then she's like, and then you dump water all over it. And I'm like, okay. And then you light it and it catches on fire. And we're like, I don't think that's how you build a fire. <laughs> Fire, there's, Suzu. There's so many ways this story could go. It is, yeah. But but what's the story behind this but story? But then, so then I'm thinking, she's like, yeah, I learned about it in preschool. They, you know, they the guy did it and he put water all over it and it caught on fire. And I was like, what the heck is she talking about? But so then I'm going through my Bible stories and my Bible college and all my classes I've taken. And there's a story in the Bible where like they're talking to the the bad guy king and mm-hmm. the bad guy king and all of his people are like, my God can do this. And they like, it can eat this snake or this stick can turn into a serpent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Elijah's like, my God can do this, whatever. And he like does like, my God's better than your God. And they go back and forth and back and forth. And like the evil bad guy king is like, my God can like light this wood on fire and boom and lights it on fire. Right. And then Elijah's like, oh yeah, watch this. And so he builds, he builds an altar. He puts sticks on it. He put digs a moat around it and he drenches it in water. And like, look here, God, turn like, boom, turn this into fire and God, boom, lights it on fire. So, um, so yeah, that's where Zuzu got it from, <laughs> a story in the Bible. Um, but Holdy and I were like, we didn't really have the heart to tell her, like, hmm, that's not really how fire building works. And let's not try that when we're camping, because it definitely will not cook our s'mores. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone Gone Boss. Boss.